This was not supposed to happen. None of this was supposed to happen. Deer season, the hunt is over. In Philly, <laughs> they're still processing. But now, it's time to take the crown. But what does it take to overthrow the throne? Relentless rooks, battle-tested vets, a team that will lay it all out, but never lie down. All led by a coach who's ready to conquer. In our house, with this team, and this coach, and these fans, anything is possible. Expect us to bend the knee Boston doesn't bend the knee for anything. What have you been watching? And after that badass intro by Donnie Wahlberg, welcome once again, Big Mouth, Small Words Podcast. That shit gets me pumped up every time. The Celtics, huh? I mean, I'm still, don't get me wrong, upset about the Bruins losing to Tampa, but how can I not talk about these Celtics? Last we talked, I was talking about Philadelphia 76ers, hoping that we could close it out. We did. Everything went pretty much perfect. And I will say one thing. I I need everyone to just pump the brakes. I know it's hard. (laughs) I know it's hard to pump the brakes. But with the Celtics, Boston, I got to tell you, you don't win a series in game one. You don't beat LeBron James in game one and claim victory either. You just ask the Pacers about that, all right? With that in mind, you've got to give the Seas credit for their 108-85 to game one victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely. They were the aggressors from the opening tip, and they they got it done. I I thought they, they might let up a little bit in that game, and they just didn't. It's... Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Ty Lue and or the Cavs elect to start Tristan Thompson in Game 2. Thompson had his moments on the offensive glass, as he pretty much always does to the Celtics. He's usually pretty damn good against us. But uh, what the Celtics did in Game 1, the takeaway that I got from it was they announced that this is not going to be like last year. LeBron and the Cavs barely broke a sweat. Five-game wipeout of us. These Cs are not those Cs, man. Like, take Jalen Brown, who was a bit player in last year's series. The second-year man went 23-8 and in the opener. Brown's courage as a rookie was admirable last season, but he's grown into an actual reliable starter for this, for this team. Scoring nights like this may not be given all the time, but Brad Stevens knows what he is and what he's getting when he puts him on the floor. And that's huge. And and not only that, but consider Jason Tatum, who I've been raving about for this entire year. Last year's Celtics team didn't have a wing player who could create his own shot like Tatum. He wasn't as spectacular in Game 1 as he had been in the last round against Philly, but he didn't need to be that guy in the opener, and that tells a lot about this kid. He just sees the game unfold in slow motion, it seems. Tatum popped in 11 points and 11 shots and was a game-high plus 27. Never since they got by Milwaukee in the seven games of the opening round, 
The young Celtics have been playing free and easy. Brown, Tatum, Terry Rozier have been comfortable in their roles, and their confidence is boundless right now. This is where their advantage lies in this series, because while the Cavaliers have the best player, the rest of the matchups, they reveal athletic mismatches up and down the lineup in Boston's favor. The Celtics have become adept at hunting those mismatches and exploiting them every chance they get. Uh, They'll play deep into the shot clock knowing that they can get a decent look. They also figured out quickly that there is no big man waiting in the paint to reject their shots at the rim. 60 points in the paint on 30 for 45 shooting does not lie, ladies and gentlemen. It's weird to say after the home team takes game one in a convincing fashion, but now we know we have a series on our hands, okay? LeBron and the Cavs will no doubtedly, they're not going to go down lightly, but these Celtics are nobody's pushover. They are mentally tough, they are completely fearless, and they are absolutely confident. There's no doubt about that. There will be a lot of attention paid to the job Morris did on LeBron. But that's missing the forest and the trees. The Celtics are switching everything, which makes the matter of guarding LeBron a complete collective effort. They know that, and they also know that LeBron, the the LeBron they saw in Game 1, will be a very different guy in Game 2. James started to crack the code a little bit in the third quarter as he and the Cavs sliced Boston's 26-point halftime lead down to 14 by the start of the fourth. James and Kevin Love got better shots, took eight free throws between them as the game slowed down to their pace. Of course, then, Morris, who went for went for 21 points, started the fourth with a dunk, the key to 7-0 run that put the game out of reach. It was a sequence that James recited from his memory as only one he can. I don't know if anybody heard that garbage of him talking about four plays in a row and everybody acting like he's this freaking genius because he knows what happened in the game much as anyone else could. But anyway, the important thing from the Celtics perspective was they absorbed the blow and they kept pushing again. That didn't happen last year. The Celtics are are cognizant of what can happen when LeBron is pushed to the wall. And now I've just gone through a bunch of stuff and I've talked about a bunch of players and yet I have not mentioned the contributions of Al Horford, which is exactly how Al Horford likes it. Let everybody else get their shine. He's more than happy to defer when the postgame praise is being handed out at the podium. But let the record show. Horford was once again phenomenal. He had 20 points on only 10 shots. He also had 6 assists. When things got bogged down, the Seas dumped it to him in the post where he backed his man down like a dad working his kid in the backyard. Defensively, Horford was everywhere he needed to be, just like always. He did a great job when he switched. He did a great job when he needed to be in help. He is the Celtics' rock right now. He is the guy that they lean on, not to mention he kept Kevin Love in check most of the game, and I'm pretty sure he was like a... A plus 
25 and love was a negative 25. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it was definitely a plus 20 or a negative 20. Uh, what I'm saying is that the, the swing was huge. Al Horford versus Kevin Love, to me, is the matchup to watch. It, it changes the whole game if Horford can win that. So hopefully that keeps happening. But if there's one last thing that I'd like to say about this series, it's this, okay? The Celtics are a different team at home during these playoffs. They have now won all eight of their games at the Garden, and home court advantage should not be taken lightly, whether it's the crowd or the comfortable, like, familiar feeling of the building. The C's play with an extra energy and a bounce on Causeway Street, man. Game two is back in the Garden, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to define this series. If the Cavs come out and throw that heavyweight punch, then this series will take on a new dimension. But if the Celtics can just take that blow and continue to play with poise, then we'll see just how far the Cavs are willing to push back, which we all know they don't like to push back. They like to be the bully. And and I'm going to tell you, we're just getting started, but this feels like a whole new chapter in the saga of LeBron versus Boston. I can't freaking wait. I'm hoping we win game two. I, I feel damn good about it, although I do know LeBron is coming. So let's go fucking Celtics. <laughs> let's go Celtics. Let's get it going. Let's get that W game two. Boom. And I just got to end this Celtics take with my grandmother watching the game with my grandmother Situ. And the hilarity had to ensue. She's a huge Celtics fan. For you, those of you that know me know, Situ loves them Celts. And she was uh, a little looped up and a little uh, ready for this win. What just happened? LeBron's going home crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. I'm just saying, he's sitting here. He'll be in the fourth season. You know what? The victory of success and. What? The agony of defeat, especially stinky feet. What? <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Thanks for listening.